terrible accident occurred a few weeks ago when a train traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago with 275 passengers and 12 crew members plowed into a dump truck full of rocks at a railway crossing. The collision not only killed the truck driver and three passengers, but injured more than 150 passengers. When trains face obstacles that force them off their tracks, disaster follows. In the same way, when churches face challenging times, they can get off track spiritually. And when they do, disaster can occur. This was happening to the ancient church in Philippi, and it can happen today. If you want to keep your spiritual life on track, as well as the lives of the people you lead, listen in as Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkis, and Nathan Norman listen and learn the Apostle Paul's solution in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Welcome to Crosstalk, a Christian podcast whose goal is for us to encourage each other to not only increase our knowledge of the Bible, but to take the next step beyond information into transformation. Our goal is to bring the Bible to life into all our lives. I'm Brian French. Today, Dr. Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkis, and Nathan Norman continue their discussion through the book of Philippians. And if you have a Bible handy, turn to Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11 as we join their discussion. As we record today's podcast, it happens to be July the 4th, the day when America celebrates its historic independence from the monarchy of England and the establishment of a democratic government. As we celebrate our 246th birthday, I think we would all agree that our country is living in stressful times. Oh, yeah. But I think... Our stressors in America pale in comparison to those being faced in Ukraine today. Would you agree? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm feeling sorry for myself because I just moved and I haven't unpacked or this is happening or that's happening or I can't get my computer to work, I think, Vicki, this is such a first world problem. Hmm. And imagine if you were in the Ukraine and you'd lost loved ones, you've lost your home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. And, and it divides families because mm -hmm. dad has to go off and fight. And so does your family stay? Do they try to go over to Poland or one of the other countries? And you don't know where your next meal is necessarily coming from. You're not sure if you're going to get bombed the next day. Oh, it's And, and Nathan, horrifying. imagine being the, uh, the wife going off with the children and then deciding to go home and there's no home to go back to. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I just, I, I can't even imagine the stress of that. Hmm. One of the things that has struck me as I've talked to a number of our Ukrainian Crosstalk students, because as Crosstalk, we've been equipping biblical communicators in Poland now for a number of years. As I touch base with them, their reaction to this terrible stress that they're under is interesting. They're asking questions that they didn't ask before. They're asking questions like, is it right for a country to go to war? Is it right for Christians to fight in a war? What does it mean as a Christian for me to love my enemies? Oh, wow. Do I have to love the Russians who have destroyed my town, killed my family and friends? What does it mean to forgive those who have hurt us? I mean, these are questions that I guess we all ask all the time, but they ask these questions with a special urgency. But one of the questions they ask most fervently 
is how do I know that I am saved? Hmm. When you're holding a rifle and being sent off to war and you don't know if today is going to be your last day, that's a question you want answered. How do I know that I am saved? I think in some ways the Christians in Philippi were facing similar stresses to our Ukrainian brothers. They were not facing just first world problems, were they, Nathan? No, they had severe persecution. There was a real threat of imprisonment and death for following Christ. And in the face of that, you have to ask yourself, coming from a pagan background or even a mm -hmm. Jewish background, the thought is that, why am I going through all of this if God is happy with what I'm doing? Mm. If I have found favor with God, why am I going through all of this terrible situation? I mean, it was a, a problem uh, that Jewish uh, individuals went through. It was a problem that pagan people often face. And so what they did was make more sacrifices to their false gods. Mm -hmm. And today we feel the same thing. Why do I have cancer? Why do I uh, have these financial uh, problems? I, I'm doing what God wants me to do. And if I'm doing what God wants me to do, why isn't he blessing me? Why is he allowing persecution or difficulty or hardship? Yeah. If I'm facing these problems, is it because God doesn't love me? Yes. How do I know I'm saved? How mm -hmm. do I know that I am on the right side of my God? And I think that's why Paul, because of this question, I think that's why Paul reminds them of the answer that he's already told them previously. Vicki, can you remind us of that in chapter 3, starting in verse 1? He says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write these things to you again. This is a guy in prison. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. That's odd. Why does Paul remind them to be aware of the circumcisers? I mean, he seems to think that these are really dangerous. <laughs> I'm not mature enough to answer this question. <laughs> well, they do have sharp instruments. Uh, no, but I mean, this it's going back to the law. We are saved by trusting in Christ. We're saved by faith. That's it. And God's grace covers us. It is a free gift. And then there's other people coming along saying that, uh, well, in order for you to truly be saved, you also have to do this, this physical action, this circumcision, oh. which flies in the face of Christ's sacrifice. So in the midst of this uncertainty, when they're asking the questions, am I really saved? These uh, circumcisers, these Judaizers are coming along and saying, you need to add something to what you already have, just to confirm it, to make sure everything's all right. Right. That's fascinating because really, this is not unique to, uh, to Jewish people. Every major religion has some version of self-salvation, don't they? Mm. Yeah, they do. And I have a list in front of me so I can help you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Islam has a profession of faith, the belief that there is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger of God. I've been in Qatar, and Qatar, I think they say, and you, you hear these blasts, and people go to these huge rooms, and they pray facing Mecca five times a day. Mm -hmm. 
Some religions have to give alms. There's fasting. There's pilgrimages. Mm -hmm. Hinduism has cleanliness, contentment, reading of scriptures, regular prayers. Buddhism, the goal is nirvana, the existing the extinguishing of greed and hatred so that there's no further reincarnation. And then Judaism has full obedience to the Old Testament law and scribal interpretations. It's, just, it's a long list of things people have to do. And, and even in Christian nations, it's not Christianity, but in Christian nations, we, we think in our country that we have to be good enough. That's, that's the prevailing belief here that we have to be good enough to get into heaven. That's not true, but that's what, that's what we believe in Western society. That's interesting, Vicki. So you're saying Phariseeism and uh, some form or other is present even today in, among Christians. What does that look like? What are some of the things people want to add to our salvation? You have people who will say that you have to believe and agree with each of these points of systematic theology in mm. order to be a Christian. Mm. Oh, uh, baptism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have baptism to be saved, which when I talk about baptism, I always point to my wedding ring and I say, baptism doesn't save us. It's like a wedding ring. My wedding ring isn't the marriage itself. It's a symbol of the marriage itself. Hmm. And some might even say you have to be, when you're baptized, you has to have the right formula. You have to have all three members of the Trinity mentioned for you to be baptized or you're not one. Um, or you have uh, to be sprinkled or you have to be dunked. Actually, I had <laughs> yeah. a guy one time after we did the baptism, which we baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I had a guy later on uh, tell me, a visitor, tell me that that wasn't true, that you're only supposed to baptize in the name of Jesus, and that wasn't a valid baptism. <laughs> <laughs> But we have other rules. Um, you know, um, in the past, I know people have said you can't, Christians can't go to movies. Uh, Christians, it's a sin if Christians decide to have a drink or to smoke or to dance or to wear lipstick. Or we invent these rules and attempt to make ourselves holy enough for God to like us. And I think that's why Paul says, especially when we're under pressure and the question of our salvation comes up, he says, be aware of these dogs, these evil doers who want to add to your faith. Because as he says in Romans 3, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Where do we get our righteousness from? Uh, Vicki, remind us of those, that great verse starting in verse 21. This is, but now the righteousness of God has been made known. This righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Amen. But does that mean that our behavior doesn't matter? No, it does matter. In Ephesians 2, it says, For grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. But if you truly have been saved by grace, it changes you. And a, and a changing faith shows up and works. Absolutely. And, and in Ephesians 2, verse 10, he says that as Christians oh, okay. saved You're by right. faith. It goes on. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's not uh -huh. the works that save us, 
but we've been prepared to do good works and it's a an expression of what we believe it's a byproduct of being transformed a byproduct a great word it's a byproduct hmm paul knows this personally the importance of trusting in christ alone for his salvation that's why he wrote in uh, verse 4 and following if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, flawless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Ooh, no question. Paul's confidence in the future rests solely on the finished work of Christ. I think that makes a difference. Nathan, Vicki, I suspect you have known people who have faced the crisis of death. In your experience, does a person's faith in Christ's finished work on the cross make a difference on the deathbed? Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. People who don't have the assurance of salvation fear death. They don't mm. want to talk about it. I was, I was watching an interview with, oh, gee, who was it? I think it was Howard Stern and mm. Norm MacDonald. I think it was Howard Stern. And he said, I always ask people about death. Hmm. And they were saying, you can't talk about death for very long. Your mind just won't let you go there. Well, Christians can talk about it, and we can talk about it for quite a long time <laughs> because we're, I mean, we can, because we're not. I thought, isn't that interesting? Because, and Norm MacDonald at that time knew he was dying, but he hadn't told anyone else. Howard Stern did not know that. And that they, they, caught, they made that a short conversation. Whereas my grandmother, who was a lovely, outstanding, <laughs> outspoken Christian, she would talk about heaven and dying. She would say, maybe this will be the day. The day she was going to die. It was like she was going to go on a wonderful trip, and she couldn't, and she was, and she couldn't wait to go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's something else, isn't it? I, I know there was a pastor who passed away in our area uh, who I was friends with, and as also friends with uh, a number of his children and and uh, and family members. And <laughs> as I'm going up to the hospital and and we're we're ministering to him, I mean, he's just he's ready to go, and he's he's got this peace that passes all understanding. Hmm. And meanwhile, his family, many of which are Christians, I mean, they're just basket cases. And in, in fact, the one son, I mean, he was calling me, oh, I don't know. He probably called me 40 times in two days, just kind of oh. giving me a blow by blow update of everything that was going on. And and meanwhile, the pastor, he's he's just, I'm, I'm ready to go. And the rest of the family, even though many of them believed, were, were not at peace with the situation. It, it was just something truly strange to behold. That's the confidence that comes from knowing that our future does not rest in our hands, not based on what we have done, if we've been good enough to qualify, but on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And his work on the cross has given us salvation. Hmm. Look, what Paul wants us to know is that amidst the difficult times, don't let those times get your faith off track. Never forget that God has secured your salvation and your eternal fate rest safely in your Savior's nail-pierced hands.
but but don't think that your faith is just an insurance policy for the future. Uh, it's also an invitation, an invitation to enter into the deepest, most soul-satisfying relationship it is possible for people to have. I mean, just listen to what Paul goes on to say in verse 7 and following. And this was a guy that we used to murder Christians. Right. He said, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. That's something to say. Wow. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Isn't that, isn't that powerful emotion? that he's expressing yeah. And notice the, the extreme intimacy of Paul's language. I mean, it almost sounds like a wedding vow, doesn't it? Yeah. And then some. Until death do you part. Actually, no, after that. <laughs> Christ's death on the cross demonstrates this tremendous love that God has for us. In fact, Paul says just that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, doesn't he, Vicki? He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Tony Evans says, while we were getting on God's last nerve, Christ <laughs> died for us. That, that's love. Very rarely, as Paul will say, does... Uh, anyone willing to die for another, but Christ chose to die for us as sinners. Love personified. Look, when life is difficult, when our faith may cost us our life, when we find ourselves at that time in life when we're staring eternity in the face, what we must know for certain, when we must know for certain what waits for us after death, we need to remind ourselves and others that our destiny in eternity is not determined by a great scorecard in the sky, but has been purchased and paid in full with the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not earned. It's a gift of our Savior. So let's not let the circumstances of life knock us off track. Our confidence needs to be in Him and is in Him, not in ourselves. Last week, my uh, wife and I had opportunity to visit my sons and their wives up north from where I live, up in Washington State. That's a long drive. It took us two full days to get there and get home. Oh, yeah. By the end of the second day, as I was coming into Los Angeles, I got to admit I was tired. It was hard to uh, keep my focus on the road, and I <laughs> think I got distracted. My wife said something quickly, and, uh, but it was just a little too late. There was something on the road, and it hit the tire of our truck, and it ripped that sidewall to shreds. I've never seen anything like it. Instantly, I lost uh, pressure in that tire. There were six gashes, holes, in the sidewall of that tire. Wow. My journey was over. I was stopped at the side of the road and had to call for help. I couldn't move at all because I got distracted. I let the, uh, the uh, attraction of the radio or the signs or the billboards take my eye off the prize. 
and I got knocked off track and I got sidelined. That what happened to me and happened to that train that had that accident that I mentioned earlier, that can happen to any one of us. We can be so upset by difficulties in life that we can think that God has let us down, that he has abandoned us and we're on our own. But it's then that we need to remind ourselves that the God has saved us, will never forsake us, and that we are safe and secure in the arms of a Savior who he paid the price for our salvation. How can we keep on track during difficult days? By remembering the salvation Christ provided and keeping in mind the ongoing intimacy he provides each day. I trust that today's discussion of God's word has been helpful and served as an encouragement to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Together, let's bring God's word to life, to our lives this week. The Crosstalk Podcast is a production of Crosstalk Global, equipping biblical communicators so every culture hears God's voice. To find out more or to support the work of this ministry, please visit www.crosstalkglobal.org. You can also support this show by sharing this episode on social media and telling your friends. Tune in next Friday as we continue our discussion through the book of Philippians. Be sure to join us.